Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a dying. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes! Brand New Bang and I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity, have no fear. Museum quality podcasting coming live and direct from San Diego, California. On today's podcast, Media Day took place in the NBA and flat earther kooky Kyrie Irving is not validated how that will play out. Plus, Tom Brady returns to New England to face off against line Bill Belichick and dog-eating. Dog-eating. The discussion to possibly maybe Stop eating dogs in South Korea is finally being brought up. All that and more on a fantastic museum quality I Am Rappaport stereo podcast coming up right now. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Start this puppy off with something real nice. Start this puppy off with something real proper. But most importantly, start this beautiful museum quality I Am Rappaport fully disruptive episode off with something really loud and really funky. It's the I Am Rappaport stereo podcast. Let's fucking go. Biggity, uh, boom. Yes, Brand New Bang and I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity, 
Have no fear. The Gringo Mandingo is in Sukasa. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct from San Diego, California. I am in San Diego. Mr. New York is on the West Coast and I am happy to be here. If you never listened to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, welcome. Welcome to the, the zone of disruption, the Iron Dome of Disruption. Again, the name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. Captain Kalitis from the Caucasus Mountains, a.k.a. Mr. New York, a.k.a. the Jewish Jake LaMotta. And like I said, I am I am in San Diego, California uh, for the weekend doing shows here at the American Comedy Company. I did one show last night, Friday, the very last day of September, September 30th. Uh, this is being recorded October 1st. I hope you listen to it rapidly because the world is changing. It's changing by the minute, but I am here all weekend in San Diego at the Great American Comedy Company. What a great club. First of all, everybody who came to the show on Friday night and who is coming to the shows this weekend, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. People were screaming for the young shooter. They wanted the young shooter. I called the shooter while I was on stage. Um, I see all you guys in the DMs. I heard all the dingoes and all that stuff. My voice is getting better. I feel like uh, by next week, um, when I have a, a week off of doing shows and just podcasting, general disruption and these this new medication that I'm taking for my throat, hopefully it'll get rid of this uh, problem. <clears throat> I'm fine. Do not worry about me. I am fine. I've been COVID tested. You know, I got shit, man. I tell you guys this all the time. I have things. I am the inflamed Ashkenazi. Although I look great. Anybody who sees me, they go, you look great. And I go, I know. At this point, I just say, I know. I'm not even humble about it. I know I look good. Okay. Uh, Which means at some point, not too long ago, I didn't look good. Because no one was going around saying, you look good. So I don't act humble When people tell me how fantastic I am looking these days, I just want to continue staying healthy. I want to continue staying safe, continue staying sane. Uh, But my voice is, it doesn't sound great, but it definitely uh, feels a little better. And hopefully, like I said, uh, when I get a few days off, um, you know, I'll be back to normal sounding with the deep, bassy, baritone-ish disruptive voice that the world has all come to know and appreciate. No appreciate and love. But uh, this show is being recorded on October 1st. We are here. October, November, December. Three more months. We are three months away from the one-year anniversary of the insurrection The insurrection that, uh, unfortunately, motherfuckers aren't getting that real good jail time for. 
Motherfuckers are getting 45 days here, 60 days there. I haven't heard about somebody like really being locked, locked the fuck down. Unfortunately, uh, the famous ones like the QAnon shaman and those guys, those are going to be the ones who do the real hard time. And we're going to forget about some of these other freaks, some of these other losers who are just going to do 60 days here, 90 days there. And it's a real fucking shame. It is a real fucking shame that a lot of these people are not going to do the time that they deserve. But uh, like I said, uh, three more months in the rest of 2021, if you could believe that. I don't know how you guys are, you know, sort of processing the year and the speed of the year. But I feel like the year has just flown by. It is fucking flown by. And as the year continues to fly by, it just, uh, you know, shows it by the fact that in two weeks, two fucking weeks, the NBA will be starting, if you could believe that. It feels like just, man, it's crazy how time is fucking flying by. I mean, it just seems like we were just talking about the the greatness of the playoffs in uh, the spring and the championship run by Giannis and the ebbs and flows um, of all the playoffs, the Devin Bookers, the the Nets with the injuries and the fucking KD and his big goofy fucking toe and the Phoenix Suns and the Chris Paul and all that shit. I mean, it's about to start up again. Media week from the NBA went down all week. The Lakers introduced their team with the Russell Westbrooks, the Carmelo Anthonys, the Dwight Howard is back, the Rondo, the Carmelo Anthony, who, uh, isn't that crazy? Carmelo Anthony was out of the league. Does anyone want to explain why Carmelo Anthony was out of the league? And then, boom, he's back in the league and he's like the bell of the ball. Was it him? What, what, what happened with Carmelo Anthony? It's fucking crazy, but he's back with the Lakers and the Lakers are, uh, you know, they're turned the fuck up and they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a serious fucking problem with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Carmelo, Rondo, and uh, uh, the rest of that crew, they're going to be a fucking issue. And then, of course, the reigning champions, you cannot count them out with uh, the Greek freak and Chris Middleton, Chris with the good hair, Middleton, and um, the rest of these uh, guys on that team. You know, they uh, lost P.J. Tucker, who did a great job. I guess he did a great job, uh, you know, slowing Durant down during the playoffs. And then, of course, you got Denver with the reigning regular season MVP. You got the Knicks. You got the Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons, who's... I mean, listen, Ben Simmons is... The fact that he's going out like this and he has no team right now and he's, like, hiding... What a bitch-ass motherfucker. What a bitch-ass way to leave 
the fighting city of Philadelphia, which I can't wait to perform at the 14th, 15th, and 16th. I'll be in Philadelphia. I love that city. If you listen to the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, you know my affection historically for the city of Philadelphia, going back to Rocky, Dr. J, Daryl Dawkins, Bobby Jones, Andrew Tony, The Sound of Philadelphia, Lou Rawls, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Teddy Pendergrass, the stylistics, everything that came out of Philadelphia, obviously the hip hop, Fresh Prince, Schoolie D, and the Roots. So I always, I always get pumped to visit Philadelphia, uh, and I'm very excited to be performing in Philadelphia in October. Um, and, and then I'm going to be in Orlando. Then I'm going to be in San Francisco uh, in November. And then I'm going to be in New York fucking city in November. I can't fucking wait for that. And I, I can't wait for all of it. All the shows have been great. All tickets information is available at Michael Rappaport comedy.com Michael Rappaport comedy.com and I'm finishing out these shows in uh, San Diego this weekend and the fucking crowds at that American comedy company man I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it it really is so much fun to do um but back to the NBA it's going to be the greatest time of the year as far as I'm concerned you're going to have the baseball playoffs you're going to have the NFL in full bloom and the NBA college football, of course, and then college basketball uh, all going on at once. And then of course, great television, the real housewives Um, and movies. What we have of great movies will be coming out this fall because it's been a, another lackluster year of films, but there's some good films coming out. I can't wait to see the many saints of Newark, the Sopranos movie that was just released this week, and I'm going to try to see it in the movie theater. I don't want to watch that at home. I'm certainly not watching it like on a computer, um, but I would love to see that, the Sopranos precursor movie, which I'm hearing very good things about. I don't think it's going to suck. I just don't see how that movie could suck. David Chase has such a handle on that story and that world. <clears throat> which he created, I don't see how it could suck. I mean, who knows if it could live up to the hype and expectations that we have from anything with The Sopranos, but I don't see it not being at least good to very good. But the NBA, I didn't even mention the Golden State Warriors, who Clay Thompson praying that he comes back healthy all season. Um, I don't know what they're going to do in terms of the West, because without a big, without a dominant presence down low, um, obviously they'll be good. It makes me nervous that Draymond Green is best friends with LeBron James now. You see them at football games. You see them doing podcasts. You see them chumming around. There'll be no more dick kicking. There'll be no more Draymond calling him a bitch. Um, all that is over. That Draymond Green edge that he had towards LeBron James, that's done. Obviously, they could compete. It's not MMA. But I don't think he'll be kicking him in the dick 
or cursing at him or talking greasy to LeBron James now that he's under his thumb. Um, and of course, the big news is the vaccinated players in the NBA. 90% of the players in the NBA are vaccinated, which is a good thing. Um, obviously, the Bradley Beal, the Jonathan Isaacs, the Wiggins, and of course, Kuki Kyrie Irving not being vaccinated has been the big discussion. And look, you know, this kid, Jonathan Isaacs, who plays for the Orlando Magic, who uh, didn't play uh, last season because of the injury, this is a very thoughtful, smart, well-spoken, caring kid. This is also the kid that stood during the bubble when he was playing for the Orlando Magic. I believe he was 19 at the time. You know, he expressed his reasons then. People were calling him a sellout. People were calling him Uncle Tom. Um, and now this week, some of those same people are, oh, listen to what he has to say. This kid is so smart. This is a great young leader. But shit was all different just a year ago. Uh, so Jonathan Isaac, who is not vaccinated, uh, obviously it was media week. Maybe you don't know that. But all the teams met with the media this week and spoke. And Jonathan Isaacs of the Orlando Magic, who I believe is 20 or 21 years old, he spoke very eloquently, very thoughtfully about why he hasn't gotten the vaccine and his thoughts on the vaccine. And I respect what he said. I don't agree with what he said, but when you speak from a thoughtful place, I respect and I will listen doesn't mean I agree, but let's play the clip from uh, Jonathan Isaac. Uh, I, I would start with um, I've, I've had COVID um, in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it, but with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. So I like this kid. Like I said, he is the only kid that stood up while everybody was kneeling during the bubble season, the bubble playoffs, and he was ridiculed. He was called a sellout. He was called an Uncle Tom. He was called an ass kisser and all that stuff. I don't think he's any of those things. I think this is a smart, smart well-spoken young man. And like I said, I don't agree with him. I'm vaccinated. Okay. My wife is vaccinated. We're all fucked up. We don't know what we got. We got COVID tests up the wazoo and, uh, you know, we're just continuing to pound through. But, uh, when it comes time for that third booster, I'm getting that third booster. No, you're not. My wife, see my wife's over here. You know, my wife's, uh, you know, I said I married a conspiracy theorist. Nope, we're not getting it. 
she. Talk that shit. No, I'm no, don't be shy. Talk that shit. Listen, don't out me. You just, I just heard you said that you weren't judgmental and that if you explain things. Well, I don't judge people I know. You, I could judge because I, I love my wife. Anyway, uh, people love uh, when you chime in, babe. That, that's the consensus is that when uh, they want more Mrs. Rappaport. Um, talk about the squid game squid games i need you to break that down i think we'll break that down on the next podcast because my wife had a very very insightful serious take on this netflix show which is we watched two episodes and it's very good first of all it's dubbed it's korean i hate dubbed shows but this is such a well done show and the dub job is sort of doesn't get in your way, and it's such a fascinating, bugged out, dark. It's dark. It is fucking dark. Sort of like, um, what's that Jennifer Lawrence movie? Um, babe, what's the Jennifer Lawrence movie? They had all the books. It's uh, Hunger Games. It's like that, but it's more current, and I think it's really telling about what's going on in the world right now. And my wife looks at things a little deeper than I do. So we'll break that down on the next, the next episode for sure. Because I'm sure a lot of people haven't watched Squid Games yet. But it's, it's fucked up. It is very fucked up. Uh, but like I said, uh, the Warriors, uh, you know, I need them to... I need them to be healthy, number one. And number two, I just need to see, you know, what they have. Because I love the Warriors and I would love nothing more than the Warriors to be back kicking ass, Steph and Clay, the Splash Brothers. But my guy, Andre Iguodala, he's not going to do it. Avery Bradley, that ain't going to do it. We need, we need something in there. We need something in there. James Weissman, hopefully he's improved. Uh, but it, it's going to be a great season of the NBA. Uh, the Mavericks, Porzingis. Uh, Luka Doncic looked like he was uh, you know, staying off the carbs. Maybe he's on the anti-inflammation diet that I'm on, DeRozan and the guys uh, in Chicago. Um, but it's also Kuki Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, the flat earther who stole, stole the show this week because he's not vaccinated. Now, the NBA has come out and said, if you're not vaccinated and you miss games because you're not vaccinated, you will not be getting paid which I think is great. You know, it's not a free-for-all. People have rights and businesses have rights and will it get pushed to court? Who knows? Who the fuck knows? You know, we're going to see if guys are really about it, but if you're playing in New York, Brooklyn obviously being in New York, New York City, the state of New York, the rule is that you must be vaccinated to do that kind of work, to play in the NBA. It's the state rule. It's the government rule. Um, and same thing in California. Andrew Wiggins, former number one pick, 2014 number one pick, not vaccinated. So Andrew Wiggins cannot play at home games. Kuki Kyrie Irving cannot play at home games. And we're going to see how this thing plays out. 
It's messy. It's very 2021. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something new every fucking year with Kyrie Irving, the flat earther. That was one thing. And now you're the VP of the player association. You're talking all this nonsense. Last year you were saging shit. Now uh, you're not vaccinated. You're explaining uh, everything but the answer as to why you're not vaccinated. Now he's saying it's a personal choice and a personal decision and he wants to keep it private. You're not a doctor. Explain why you don't want to get vaccinated. Jonathan Isaacs did it in a very eloquent, thoughtful way. Talking about you're not a doctor. We know you're not a doctor. You were barely at Duke for one season, Duke. Huh. The Nets wanted to trade you because of this. They knew it was coming. They knew you weren't vaccinated. They wanted to trade you. If it wasn't for that spitter, Kevin Durant, you'd have been gone. And now they have to all stand by and be like, that's our brother. We support him. It's all fucking bells and whistles. Now you got Ted Cruz, lying Ted Cruz. He's a big fan all of a sudden of Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Isaac, Bradley Beal, and Kuki Kyrie. That's who endorsed you this week. Lying Ted Cruz. He's a big fan of you guys. So at least you have that going for you, Kuki Kyrie. The thing is, is that if you've thought about it, and you have a stance, say it. All this uh, Hardy Boys, uh, you know, mystery shit, it doesn't do anything. Speak your case. Talk your shit. Say what you feel. LeBron James finally came out and said that he was vaccinated. I don't know why it took him so long to wait and tell the world that he was vaccinated. I don't know when the fuck he got vaccinated. Like I said... Like we've been saying from day one, it's protect yourself at all times. Make executive decisions that is best for you, for your family. Two different things, babe. You're saying it's not making sense. I have to stop you. It's fucking making sense. No, here's the thing. You're saying that they have to explain why. That is our right, is to choose. I'm just saying, but you you didn't see Kooky Kyrie's Press conference is all I'm saying. Babe, I can't scream and yell at you. Um, because I just think it's unfair. I've been very thoughtful. I said Jonathan Isaac, the young player who they were calling an Uncle Tom and a sellout when he stood, uh, when everybody was kneeling, I, his, his explanation, which I know you didn't hear, was, oh, you did hear it, was very thoughtful. Kyrie or Irving, all of a sudden, he's playing coy. Why play coy? Explain what your, your point of view. No, maybe it's more a matter of his instincts, his intuition. It's his body, his choice. His body, his choice, which brings me to Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, he hashtagged your body, your choice for the NBA players, but this guy is not your body, your choice for abortion. I'll just leave it there. Anyway, um, Kuki Kyrie, the NBA. Uh, oh, fuck. Holy shit. What? What? And I'm pro-choice, right? But I'm just saying, the, the fetus inside the body can't make the choice. It would be the person, the woman making the choice, right? Yeah, I got, I got it, babe. So, so it's like this whole thing, it doesn't make any sense. 
None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. Um, the fans are just going to be like, we want more Mrs. Rappaport. And I'll, I'll give you more Mrs. Rappaport. Trust me. I'll make her do a full review of the Squid Games because I know a bunch of you are going to watch it this weekend. And we will break it down because she uh, had a, a bunch to say about it. Anyway, the point is, is that it's a little too early to break down the NBA. I will say that Michael Porter Jr., who's a good player for the Denver Nuggets, signed a five-year deal for $207 million. A five-year deal for $207 million. He averaged 19 points, seven rebounds, and led the Nuggets with 173 pointers last year. I think he's a good player, but this is what this is what you can earn in the NBA. That being a good player, not even a great player. Uh, five years for two hundred and seven fucking million dollars. If you could wrap your fucking your you wrap your lips around that and take a puff on that. The other thing that stuck out with me uh, this week with the media. Um, interviews is John Morant, another good player. I don't, I don't think John Morant is great, great, great. Uh, but I think he's a very, very good player. And I think he could potentially be a very good player. He came out on an interview with Taylor Rooks, the great Taylor Rooks, the beautiful uh, Taylor Rooks, friend of the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, budding media star. Taylor Rooks was interviewing... John Morant, and it was like, I don't know if these guys like know each other or they hang out. It's all giggly squad. It's all like inner circle, you know, cutesy shit. You know, like they're giggling, they're laughing, and they're like, you know, like it's not flirting. Like they're all friends and they're all buddy. Hey, buddy, buddy. And she asked him if he would participate in the slam dunk contest. Now, we all know John Morant will dunk on a bitch. He'll dunk on a motherfucker. He's done it um, his career in the NBA. He did it in college. I'm shocked every single time one of these young players is not jumping at the opportunity to participate in the NBA slam dunk contest. And I have to say, I blame it all on LeBron James. He's the first super-duper star with dunking ability who will do dunks that are slam dunk contest worthy at his son's high school game. If he's watching kids play, he'll dunk. Obviously, he does it in the games. He does it in all-star games, but he's never participated in a slam dunk contest. Who knows if he wanted money? I don't know. But we all know, and I'm not fact-checking, but we know that LeBron James is a student of the slam dunk. I guarantee you he could break down every slam dunk from the, the most iconic Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, Sean Kemp dunks to the rarest uh, forgot about great dunks in the slam dunk contest. We know that he studied them, he practiced them, he performed them, he aspired to do them. And then for some fucking reason, when he made it to the NBA, LeBron James, with all his ability, when he came in the league at 18 years old with young, fresh legs, 
decided to never participate in the NBA slam dunk contest. And apparently it's because he wanted to be paid. Now, listen, I don't understand that. So Zion Williamson, who is coming off a fractured foot or he broke his foot, he'll never be in the slam dunk contest. Although we watched him do slam dunks uh, and, and participate in slam dunk contest on Instagram live for the last 10 years, we saw him doing all this shit dunking here, dunking there, dunking everywhere. But again, he won't perform in the slam dunk contest. We know the rules have gotten wacky, the props, all the goofy shit. Listen, if LeBron James, John Morant, and Zion Williamson wanted to be in the slam dunk contest, they could set the rules. They could say no props, no outfits, no candles, no magic tricks. We're just going back to dunking. But these guys who have participated in every single rinky-dinky high school All-American Slam dunk contest, you finally get to the NBA and you won't participate in the biggest slam dunk contest in the fucking world. I don't, I don't understand this. I will never understand this. You want to get paid to be in the slam dunk contest? What about just doing it for the love of the game? What about just doing it for the inspiration that it gave you? What about doing it for all the times that you spent watching the slam dunk contest and it inspired you to go to the court to practice, inspired you to go to the park and practice, inspired you to go to the eight-foot rims before you could dunk and practice? You want to get paid to be in the slam dunk contest, John Morant? It is so ridiculous. It's so way out there. When you got guys like Michael Porter Jr. getting $207 million for five years and John Morant probably getting the same kind of thing, but you won't participate in a half-hour dunk contest that inspired you to do what has allowed you to get paid $207 million over five years, it makes no fucking sense to me. It makes no fucking sense. Oh, you want to squeeze the NBA for some more money? If you get out there and perform, it just makes no fucking sense. Play the clip of John Morant giggling and laughing uh, with what seems like his good friend, Taylor Rooks, uh, from this week, uh, their interview. Okay, so I need a definitive answer on something. There's no wiggle room. You guys say right now. <laughs> Are we ever going to see you do the dunk contest? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. Now, okay, so we've had conversations about the dunk contest, and I know your biggest thing is about the judging of the dunk contest. <laughs> so what would it take for you to be like, okay, you know what? I, I will do this. A million dollars. <laughs> I mean, that is some goofy-ass shit. Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins did it numerous times. It's not like it's playing in the Olympics. It's not a burden. It's the fucking NBA slam dunk contest. And somehow, someway, these guys have made it like it's beneath them. That they wouldn't do it unless they got paid. The NBA should give John ja Morant a million dollars to participate in the NBA slam dunk contest. Like, you're better than Vince Carter. You're better than Sean Kemp. You're better than Dr. J, George Gerving, Artis Gilmore, David Thompson, Rex Chapman, Kenny Smith. 
Steve Francis, these guys who were chomping at the bit, Kobe Bryant, for the love of the game. Because it inspired them. You want a million dollars to be in the slam dunk contest? This shit is so fucking lame and whack to me. But the NBA is and always will be fantastic. And you know the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, the Captain Picks, all of us, we go hard body for the NBA. We're going hard body right now with NFL, Major League Baseball. We're doing all that shit. You need to get in at the Captain Picks because we're doing the damn thing. And this weekend, Tom Brady is playing in New England, making a pivot. The championship Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back in New England for the biggest fucking football game of the year. The stakes have never, ever, ever been higher at my bookie. Whether you're backing the Bucks or the Patriots this Sunday, you know it's always more fun when you have money on the game. And I am definitely putting my money where my mouth is. This weekend, my bookie, all the action. It makes shit so much more fun. My bookie, Brady Belichick. I got my money on Brady last Monday. My lock of the week, it hit. I'm not just spouting off shit. My lock of the week hit with the Cowboys, and I won a nice six-point teaser for the Bengals with the community crew at CaptainPicks.com. Do not wait around. Join my bookie now. Bet on the biggest game of the season. Use the promo code DINGO, D-I-N-G-O, that's DINGO, D-I-N-G-O, to double your first deposit, okay? Always use my bookie. Start winning season today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. What's even more sensational going into week four of the NFL season is I have my first matchup of 2021 fantasy football in the Stern Show Fantasy Football League with that big tooth animal, Baba Booey. Gorilla Tooth Gary, who somehow, some way, after 15 years of breathing, sniffing, and snorting on Mick Jagger's uh, handlers, publicists, and managers, he somehow, some way, landed Mick Jagger to finally be interviewed on the Howard Stern show. And I have to say, listen, I love Howard Stern, I love the show, but. If I was uh, Howard, I would blame Baba Bowie. It was such a disappointing interview because he was only there for about 30, 35 minutes. They were barely able to talk about anything. Mick Jagger was acting like, uh, you know, it was just another interview. Um, they rushed him out. The interview ended abruptly. He didn't commit to ever coming back. And I blame Gorilla. And if I was Howard Stern, I would blame Gorilla. It's always Gorilla. It starts with Gorilla. It ends with Gorilla. He fucked up the interview that Howard Stern was talking about for weeks. He was so excited, like a little kid getting to interview his idol. And the day before he praised Gorilla and said, oh, he finally made it happen, he made nothing happen. 
It was an uneventful interview because Gorilla didn't secure Mick Jagger for a reasonable amount of time to get a great interview. Why bring him, Gorilla? That's not the point. Okay, the point is, is that I am playing this fucking monkey in fantasy football. Now, once a year, I always ask you, the fans, you, the listeners worldwide, to send me. Send me a little magic dust. Send me some monkey prayers to bury this fucking ape. Now, I know I'm going to beat him, but I don't just want to beat him. I want to drag him. I want to cook him. I want to humiliate this motherfucker again. More beating, more dragging, more violations, more duct tape, more zip ties. Send thoughts, send prayers. I got my guy, Jumbo Josh Allen. Okay, I got the truck, Derek Henry. Okay, my guys are ready to rock. All I'm asking is for a little thoughts and a little prayers Sunday morning. Nothing big. Some fantasy football thoughts, some fantasy football prayers from you, the fans. I'm not begging. I'm not asking for anything big. You know what it is. We want to ruin the gorilla once and for all. We want to bury that motherfucker once and for all. He ruined the Mick Jagger interview. He ain't going to ruin my weekend of fantasy football. I'm going to ruin that motherfucker. That's what I'm going to do. Speaking of animals, this, this is not fake news. Um, well, speaking of Mr. Fake News, Mr. Hates the Media, Mr. It's All Conspiracies, Mr. It's All Rocket Chips, Mr. It's All Flying Saucers, Mr. It's All FBI, CIA Conspiracies, Mr. Mr. Whack Job, Alex Jones is fucked. Alex Jones is fucked. And I listen to Alex Jones. I, I, I said it once, I'll say it again, I'll continue saying it. I listen to all these people and I suggest you do also. You're better off hearing from more opinions. You're better off hearing diverse opinions, whether you agree with them or not. Trust me on that. Do yourself a favor. Follow right now 10, 15 people you think are stupid. Trust me. Trust me, trust me. It's beneficial to you to follow people you do not agree with. Um, that being said, Alex Jones, he lost. He didn't even uh, fight back in his lawsuit about all the terrible things that he said about the Sandy Hook shooting victims. A judge ruled default judgments against Alex Jones and Infowars in two Separate Sandy Hook cases. He will now be liable for all damages. And a jury will now be convened to determine how much he will owe the plaintiffs. This is a frequent guest on Joe Rogan's podcast. Joe Rogan uh, the other day came out and said that he thought that maybe Joe Biden didn't get the booster shot. It was all set up and fake. Listen, I, I know that everybody thinks like, oh, you got to question everything. <sighs> There's consequences. There's consequences to it. And Alex Jones was talking that stupid shit 
about those poor, poor victims, those poor families of the Sandy Hook massacre, and now he's he's going to pay the price. I don't think uh, uh, Joe Rogan is as reckless as Alex Jones, but you never fucking know. I don't know these people. I don't know these people, but fame and money and people chanting your names and that Jesus complex and that God complex, it can fuck your brain up. And it fucked Alex Jones up, and he's in deep, deep, deep shit, as he should. What he said, not just once, what he said over and over and over about Sandy Hook and those kids, unacceptable, reprehensible. And I don't use that word reprehensible often. Look it up. Fact check that, motherfucker. But what, I, what brought me to this was the president of Korea, South Korea, Moon. He is finally ready to have the discussion, not ban, but he wants to explore he wants to bring it to the suggestion box, dog meat eating in South Korea. It's, it's not a ban, and he doesn't want anybody to be worried. He doesn't want to like any freak anybody out like, yo, eat all the dogs you can because it might become illegal. He just wants to bring it up for discussion that maybe, possibly, it's not that great. It's not that healthy. It's not that good of a look to be cooking dogs, to have dog stew, and all the shit that they do with dogs over there in South Korea. They're dog eaters over there. They do it out in the open. They're proud of it. So President Moon is going to start exploring the idea of possibly banning dogs in South Korea. This is what we're dealing with, people. This is what the fuck we're dealing with. We're dealing with people on this planet that think shit is sweet to eat a chihuahua. That think shit is sweet to eat a labradoodle. That consider eating a golden retriever puppy a delicacy. That's not a delicacy, you fuck. That's a house pet. You don't eat the dogs. Why this is being gently, possibly brought up as a suggestion to consider in 2021 is beyond anything I could understand. But this is, this is what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about one world global citizen. Well, if we're truly one world and global citizens, I want my brothers and sisters over there in South Korea to leave my fucking pets alone. Stay away from the Rottweilers, the beautiful German shepherds, okay? The boxers, the English bulldogs. Get yourself a bologna sandwich, you sick fuck you. Moving on. Done, actually. Done. Okay? Done. Came saw disrupted. Came saw disrupted without a fucking hiccup. What can I say? What can I say? I want you to start telling a friend to tell a friend to listen to the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. 
worldwide. Miles, Jordan, take me out of here with something real nice. Take me out of here with something real proper. But most importantly, end this gorgeous museum quality I Am Rappaport stereo podcast with something really nice, really loud, and really funky. See, I Am Rappaport stereo podcast. I'm out. Fuck. Goddamn, that was good. <laughs>